Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for another episode. Wherever in the world you're listening to us from, whatever platform you're listening to us on, thank you guys so much for the support. Thanks for the kind messages. Thanks for all of the love that you've shared with us on social media and all of the uh, direct emails that you guys have sent my way. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us and still listening after all these years. A lot of fun to keep bringing these episodes to you. And One of the things that I really have always enjoyed with talking with a lot of my guests is just how passionate they are about not just the game of basketball, not just coaching basketball, but all of the great things that come through playing basketball, all the the opportunities that come through basketball, all the doors that get opened through the game of basketball. And it's such a passion for so many of my guests, including the one that I'm going to be talking to today, that I think it's just a real cool reminder for us as coaches to... Just think about the game, not just as the game, but also all of the other great things that this game is able to bring our players and bring us as coaches that I think it's definitely worthwhile just to have a whole episode just dedicated to that. So that's what we're going to talk about today with my guest, about the the idea of creating opportunities for basketball and, and all of the different doors that the game can open uh, for our players. So that's what we're going to jump into today. Very happy to be joined by head varsity coach at University High School. Coach Joshua Nix is with us today. Coach Nix, thanks so much for coming to join us today. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. It's just good Sunday. Good yeah, Sunday. Good, good. Good to hear, Coach. Let's go ahead and get started with uh, you and your journey. Where's the game of basketball taking you? Where's your coaching journey taking you? And uh, what was the path that got you to uh, university high school? So my journey is actually, the be- I think, the best part of it all for me. Because, um, like, it was just nothing but doors that got open. I play, I've been playing ball all my life since I was three. Um, it was the thing. It was the it was my niche. It was my passion. It was my love. Um, I've I've always known I was gonna play basketball or do something with basketball. And as I got older, um, I got the short end of the stick. Literally, I'm only five three. So I was like, <laughs> by the time I got to about ninth grade, tenth grade of high school, I was like, I don't want to work thirty times harder than everybody to make it to the NBA, man. Like it just wasn't, <laughs> it just wasn't the path for me. But I I love this game so much, you know. So I finished out through high school. I played uh, varsity basketball in high school. I actually played at University High where I coach at. Um, oh, nice. So I played. Um, when I graduated my senior year, I really had no clue what was going to be next for me in basketball. I, di- I didn't know. Honestly, we're like a lot of us at 17, 18 years old. We really don't know what we're doing next with life, to be honest, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the next season comes around, and um, I came back to my high school. I was uh, I was attending school. I was in college at uh, Oakland University. Um, I was still playing ball, of course, not playing uh, on a organized level, but I was still getting my reps in and you know playing some uh, pickup ball and things of that nature. Um, but around basketball season for high school, I came back to tryouts and um, I talked to the JV coach um, about just coming to help him out and just being a a coach and his assistant coach. Don't know where it came from. Don't know where the idea came from. It was a, a spare the moment. Hey, I'm at tryouts. Uh, I don't want to be away from this game. Um, let's just, I know I could be around. If I, I want to help him out. He was new to coaching himself. Um, so I was like, I can help him out with coaching JV. Because um, when I was my high school, we didn't have a bunch of coaches. Like the varsity coach was the head coach and his assistant coach was the JV coach. The JV coach just had, was himself. Like it was no JV assistant coach or anything of that nature. So we kind of got it out the uh, UHS University. Um, we're a smaller school. So we just got a lot of our stuff out of the mud even to this day. So um, he looked at me and said, um, he pulled me to the side and said, I can't pay you, you know, to be an assistant coach. And I was like, oh, I'm not looking to get paid. I just, you know, want to be around. I want to help. I love this game. He was like, oh, for sure. So that was um, the start of the process. Uh, we began coaching JV. I think we coached JV for about three years together, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, I can't get the right timeline down. But then my my varsity coach, my head coach, stepped down from varsity. So that moves the JV coach up. So then we become a – I just move up as his assistant. They brought in someone else. Um, at the time, I was probably only about 20, 21 years old. Yeah. 
um, at that time. So they brought in somebody else, a guy that we were really cool, cool with, a guy that I'm really close to. His name is Cody. Um, he came in as the JV head coach, and then I, I was just the all-around program assistant, JV and Varsity. So we all worked as a three-headed monster together, um, JV, Varsity. We all practiced together. So it was like we were all just the coaching staff. It was really no JV head coach, Varsity head. We all were just one coaching staff yeah. together. Um, and so um, with that being the case, you know, we went about two or three more years, went through the ups and downs with uh, University High School, went through some rough years basketball-wise. Uh, rough rough years even in the school um and uh, uh this was actually my second year head coaching so last before the beginning of uh what was this 21 2021 mm -hmm. um at the end of our the 2020 2021 season that was the season that was shorted because of covid um that was the first year after covid i should say it was the first season after covid had became came around um that's when people didn't know when basketball was starting over here in michigan we didn't start basketball until I think February, honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, of 21. So we only played a 12-game uh, season. It was our first year in the uh, Oakland Athletic uh, Association, so it's our conference here. Um, it was our first year there. We went 0-12 that year. Um, and our coach that was that I started with, um, he actually was our athletic director. So at the end of that season, um, I was even, like, throughout the season, I was planning to kind of move forward on to, like, helping out with a bigger program just because I wanted to grow and expand in basketball mm -hmm. and kind of coach. I had developed this passion over the last six years. I had developed a passion for coaching. I loved it. I don't I don't know what it was about it, but just having <laughs> it, that. It gets you, yeah. It, it got to me. Like, I got that itch for it. And um, so I was, in my brain, I was starting to plan and think of some bigger programs around this, the area um, that I can start coaching with just to gain from some um, higher level coaches, some more experienced coaching. No knock to my homeschool, my alma mater. No knock to my guy, uh, Shimon, Alex Shimon, who was the head coach at the time, or Cody. I loved my guys. Um, but it was just a matter of um, honestly just growing and expanding. Yep, yep. And being better, perfecting my craft. This became my craft. Uh, basketball is something I did all my life, but I never knew how to perfect the craft of basketball. I never had trainers like kids have trainers now. <laughs> uh, my parents didn't understand the the resources that I need needed to be great when I played. I only played one year AAU basketball. Um, so I, I, I never knew how to perfect my craft individually. And right. as I got older and I, I found my niche with coaching, I learned how to perfect my craft. I learned how to use resources and networking to get better at what I do. So I was looking to expand into networking that craft. Um, and so, uh, at the end of that season, we had lost in the district championship. And I remember like, um, after that game, I was like, yeah, I guess it's time. I, I really was considering moving forward. And um, that night, actually, that we lost in the district championship, uh, Shimon called me, and it was a really heartfelt moment because he was just thanking me for, you know, everything. And at this point, it had been seven years that we coached together, and now I've been by his side through this whole journey. Like, I was there with him from day one. So it was a really heartfelt moment. He was just saying that he was stepping down and um, to get my resume ready so that we can move forward uh, and that we're going to start doing interviews for the new coach. And – to rewind a couple years, two years before this, I had started actually working in the building at the school. Oh, that's and good. Yeah. Like this senior year now, this senior class now, my team, my seniors that I have, they were actually freshmen. This is the first, we actually mm -hmm. came into the building together. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah. This class means a lot to me. This, sure. this class means a lot to me. And I always said that if I got that class as juniors, I, I believe I could win a state cha a, a district championship we only uhs only has one district championship i was a part of that district championship team back in 2013 um so i said i want to be the coach the coach of that group if i can get them their junior year and i could somehow become the head coach by their junior year of high school i'm going to win a district championship with them by their senior year i don't know how it's gonna happen <laughs> but i'm gonna do it so that the time that this this conversation is happening it's going into their junior year and i was oh, just i honestly got off the phone and kind of shed tears. Like, it, it looked as if, like, I'm finally going to get this opportunity to live out my dream. I get to coach my alma mater, um, and I get to make a change into the program. We've had so many bad years. We were 0-12 that year. We weren't the greatest year before. Um, we've had, like, just different issues in the program for those couple years between going through a charter school league and things of that nature. So it was just really a time for change in the program and the culture of basketball there, and it was just perfect timing. So um, 
when I spoke to him, when we had that conversation, he was like, the only thing I'm worried about is that um, the higher ups would question your experience, your lack of experience as a head coach. Um, but that's the only thing I'm worried about. He said, but get your resume ready. I said, cool. That was probably what that's March. Um, May comes around. We start the hiring process. I do my, I mean, the interview process, I interview. And of course I work in the building. So he's the athletic director. Mm -hmm. My two bosses are the principals. Those yeah, are, I know my those were two of my teachers in high school. They watched me grow up. You know, I didn't, I didn't think I had it in the bag, but I knew I had a good chance of getting the position. And, um, I actually didn't get the position coach. I, I didn't. Oh, be honest wow. with you. I didn't get it. Um, in May we hired another guy. Um, and that was actually my first summer. I was coaching 16U AAU travel team. Okay. And, um, so I was gaining some experience. I had a lot of the boys on my team. Um, and so I coached. Uh, so after I kind of did, got passed up for the position. Honestly, coach, I was done with. I was also. I was at the time the uh, also still coaching girls as well when I started yep. stepped into the school in my paid position. Remember, I was voluntary for the boys team. Yeah, all that's those right. Years. But uh, when I started working at the school, they gave me a paid position with the girls team. So we were rocking out. Um, I was gonna do. I knew the girls coach uh, only had girls varsity coach only had um, another year or two, another season two left. So I was going to rock out with him. After I got passed over for the boys' position, I was going to rock out with him for another year or two. And when he stepped down, I was, the plan was, honestly, to start my own AAU program. Mm. Um, I was done with high school basketball, personally. <laughs> I was going to do, do AAU, start my own program, build. Because like I told you when we talked before, um, my goal is to get kids in school. Yeah. So um, the summer went by. I stuck around just to watch their practices, um, just make sure the new coach wasn't, you know, wasn't mishandling my boys because they were still my kids at the end of the day. I loved them. Um, wasn't sneaking up on them, watching them, but anything that, like that. But I just wanted to just keep an eye, and I just wanted to be around them uh, through the summertime. And uh, fast forward, the end of the summer comes. Uh, we're getting ready to head back into school um, in August. Um, I'm having my staff meetings, and the, the very first day of work for staff, my boss and the AD calls me back up to the school after work one day, and something had happened with the guy that they hired uh, he had been released uh he had stepped down from his position as the coach and they offered me the position to be the coach man and I was, <laughs> I, it was uh, it was amazing like I was I was stunned I was shocked I didn't know where to begin I was I was excited I was mm -hmm. super excited so uh wow and that was the start to where we are today so far I'm in year two and it's looking great that's isn't that isn't that crazy how that stuff works out? You know, you never know what the one when those doors are gonna open up or never. the opportunity that's gonna get you there, don't you? Like that's I literally was telling myself through something like it'd be crazy if something happened and he just wasn't coaching in August and they gave me the position and it just happened. I was like, okay, all right, all right, uh, and then <laughs> and here you are now, right? Year two. That that's that's wild. And uh, no, that's a real unique journey, especially to be be back at the uh, at the alma mater too. The way that you came back that way, especially because, like you said, you were you were done. You're ready to go to the AAU route, right? And and yeah. and then here it comes. Wow, that's crazy. Um, you you mentioned uh, in 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 your answer how. One of the things that you are passionate about is kind of opening up those opportunities and how the idea of playing the game uh, at the next level beyond high school, no matter what it is, NIA, JUCO, D3, D2, whatever the case may be, is, is such a great opportunity. And I, I completely agree with you on that. But I was curious, in, in your experience, do you, do you think that your guys understand that? Do they understand the value of being able to play at the next level? And, and if they don't, what, what is it you try to kind of teach them or, or, or tell them so that they understand how great of an opportunity that is for them to to get that look to play at the next level um i do actually so it's actually pretty interesting i love my coaching staff that i have man we all are young um, we're all growing and learning together and we all have different experiences and different knowledge of this game and we um we've really been pushing we, we work on getting the best out of our players every day right as all, mm -hmm. all of us coaches do right and so i had a kid or one of my uh guards um when he came in as a freshman, his big thing was he wanted to go to Illinois. Like, Illinois was his school. That was his dream school, right? Now, he's a small guard. He's about 5'10". Yeah. So, you know, that that's Big Ten basketball. That's Division One basketball. We're in 2022 where if you're in the league, an average guard size, what would you say, average point guard size now is about 6'4"? Uh, definitely, yeah, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, six, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so he, so it's already gonna be a hard. Not, don't get me wrong. My guys are killing. I love him. I love the kid. Um, so his big thing was going uh, to Illinois, 
So over the past couple of years, um, you can see, uh, not even the past couple of years, you can see over the last year and last summer, um, it was kind of a decrease in his drive toward this game and a drive toward his work ethic and mm -hmm. things of that nature. And you could tell, like, he wasn't really open to talking about it um, or admitting that there was an issue, but you could tell, like, me having that relationship with him, you can tell it was a discouragement because he hadn't been receiving offers. He hadn't gotten any interest yet. Um, so he he wasn't, and his mindset was always that division one. Like, if you look at his phone, his goal, his one he has his goals on his phone, which is rare to see with kids, and I love to see it. But his goal is – it's going D1. I have to get D1. And so um, I, I would take them this summer to – or not even this summer, last year, and um, even as of recently, uh, to JUCO games just so they can see the environment. I, I personally believe that JUCO basketball is probably – is like very high-level basketball right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like it's so competitive. It's a lot of talent. And JUCO is, in my personal opinion, if you're not a top – 100 player in the country, Juco is your best bet of getting Division One, um, because coaches are looking through that portal right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, so as the summer rolls around, I've been I've been working tirelessly about like sending emails to different coaches and things of that nature about the kid and uh, my other guard at the time, and he started interest started rolling. Yeah, they they were at about starting the summer off or middle of the summer. They were about 13 interested in all Juco. Um, NAIA, a couple of Division threes, and like one D two offer, and you kind of saw it rejuvenate for him. Like, okay, it's not Division one, but I have an offer, so I had to keep preaching to him. Like, look, you you need the offer. Like for right now, if you were to get a Division one offer right now, I don't think it would be your best interest because I don't think that coach. You want to go somewhere where you're you're wanted, you're desired. And yeah, you're a play. And you yeah, yeah, you got a chance to be on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to sit as a freshman and lose that year, and possibly a sophomore and lose that. Year. Like you want to play, and at these JUCO levels, these NAIA levels, there are higher chances for you to play ball at your size, at your position, and with the type of talent that you have. Like you're, you're going to be more of a commodity at this level of basketball, and they're going to get you to where you want to be. My other guard, my lead scorer, he wants to go overseas. I'm like, you can go NAIA and go overseas. Like, you don't have to be a Division One basketball player to go overseas and play ball, man. Like, mm. and and he he realizes that. So even this year, as we are bringing in those interests and working on those offers, I've been taking them to more and more um, JUCO games. And um, we have a couple NAIA games we're gonna go to really soon. And they, it's just seeing that level of basketball for them is like, oh, okay. Or even even some of they play some AAU with some uh, high level players. And so seeing that their old teammates from AAU are playing at these level of this level of basketball, it's like, okay, this it's not bad at it's not bad basketball at all. These are great options for me as well. So it's rejuvenated them. It's got them working harder. It's got them looking forward to something, um, and not feeling discouraged because they don't have those division one offers. And it, and and so it sounds like in your experience, for a lot a lot of your guys, they they just don't. Or, or didn't rather really understand the level of basketball that was man, taking place at that level. Man, listen, I have a lot of guys who, who are still learning basketball. Like, yeah, not, not the game of basketball, but basketball knowledge. Like, like I have a kid right now that's six, 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 seven sophomore right now. Man, he doesn't. We live in Detroit, where we're right outside of Detroit. He doesn't mm -hmm. know who Kay Cunningham is. <laughs> doesn't know who Kay Cunningham is. But every coach that I've brought to see him is, looks at me and says, that coach has Division One potential. That kid has Division One potential. Mm. Like he just – they. I have a lot of kids on my team that don't know basketball. So they – that's a big thing for me and my coaches right now. We're just trying to get them to know basketball, learn basketball, learn what it takes to be a team, learn what teams look like, winning teams look like, how they operate, respond to each other, you know, things of that nature. So, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's kind of – it's kind of interesting to kind of, you know, think about that and think about like your players and think about, you know, some of them who, who maybe they, they play a lot, you know, they play year round, they're playing AAU, they got, they got trainers and everything. And, and maybe as coaches, we sometimes make assumptions about their, you know, their basketball knowledge or about their, their level of understanding of the game of basketball because they're playing it all the time. But unless you're really like intentional about teaching it or, or helping them understand it, I, I don't think we as coaches can, can ever really assume anything just because our guys might be playing year-round exactly exactly and that's something i had to mm -hmm. learn um that's actually something i learned 
with the AAU um, is that you you do you can't go into it expecting kids to know anything. Uh, I used to think that was offensive to the kids, but it's like <laughs> as I as that's one the one of the bigger things I'm learning. You can't walk into this just expecting them to know things about basketball, and it's cool because it opens up the opportunity to teach and um, it gives me more to work with and it helps me understand what I am working with and it allows us to grow relationship relationship wise yep. players. Yeah. And I mean that, that way, I guess that's one of the, maybe that's one of the good things if, if they don't necessarily come in with a lot of basketball knowledge or a lot of, a lot of working knowledge about the game is that at least if they don't have that knowledge, at least they haven't been taught incorrectly and you don't have to like reteach them or have them unlearn something. They're almost like yeah. a blank slate for you to work at. Right. 100%. That's the best part. Uh, so it's kind of tougher with this, of course, this class because they they I, I've only had them for two years, yeah. um, so kind of rooting out some bad habits that they have, um, and then they're so old that it's trying to get them out of the old ways and mm. getting them out of the stuff that they thought was good basketball that they thought they knew about basketball and teaching them the right ways. But my younger crop that I have is definitely fun to just teach them the right way, knowing they have it, um, they have an understanding of how. I interpret the game, how I want them to interpret the game and what basketball, like we know what's going on with the younger, my sophomore class and this incoming freshman class. Like we, we are all growing together and I'm helping them grow and learn. And we, it, it's, to, yeah, I just love that process. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, talk about your experience that you've had with, with some of the uh, opportunities that your players have had through the game of basketball. What are some things that, that you and your staff have kind of done and, and helped out with to kind of open up some doors uh, for your players through the game? Um, I guess I can start with the biggest thing is um, next week, we next Sunday, a week from today, we actually will be playing on, Little Caesar, on the floor of Little Caesars Arena. Oh, uh, wow, really? Talk yeah, about we that, played yeah. Brooklyn Nets, and then um, we'll play right after them. We play on Little Caesars Arena against another school. It's a regular season game. We just get to play at Little Caesars Arena. Um, so that's that's something that's super big. I'm super excited for. I don't see myself ever coaching on an NBA floor ever again. I've never gotten to play on an NBA floor. These are my players may not ever get the opportunity to play on an NBA floor. Um, so that's just one big experience there in itself um, that we have coming around this year. Um me and my coaching staff are connected with a lot of high-level basketball players, rather they're uh, overseas pros, um, Division One basketball players, high-level JUCO players, high-level D2 players, high-level NAIA players. Um, so I, our, my players get to network with those players, and when they get to work out with those players, uh, with college athletes and pro athletes, um, especially during the offseason and during Christmas breaks and when those players are home. They get to practice and work out and even watch them play because we'll uh, let them play ball. Uh, we'll play ball. Some of uh, me and my coaches and uh, our college guys will do like a little private hoop session and we'll let the kids even watch just high-level basketball take place. And we even let them uh, – one thing that actually helped with our growth for some of our players, we actually intertwined some of our players in those oh, yeah, high-level basketball games. And they, they learned how to play their role and play better basketball and play high-level basketball. Um at the toward the beginning of the season and what we're going to do over this Christmas break is when all those guys are back, we allow them to scrimmage against these high level basketball players. We're going to run our offense. I'm going to coach you guys, but we're going to play against college basketball players and pro basketball players. And oh, wow. we're going to see how we compete and uh, how we stand and how basketball should be played. And I'll let you glean and grow from these people as well. Um, so that's one big thing I love about my coaching staff and what we get to do and the opportunity they get to get. And then, um, the one, um, <coughs> I'm sorry, um, the one uh, thing that we all get to do, especially when you're in the AAU travel world, is just traveling the country and seeing different places with this game, man. Mm -hmm. um, we've been, AAU-wise for me, it was big because I got to do a lot of traveling through the game of basketball. I've been to San Diego, um, Chicago for basketball. I went to Pennsylvania for the first time just because of basketball. And we played some, we played at EYBL team there. We were far from the EYBL team. So just playing and networking, um, even meeting um, different coaches around this area um, that have different connections. We met with uh, a coach that has connected. Uh, his name is Jay Youngblood. Uh, he has the Faith and Focus podcast, and he does a lot. He was an All-American in, in uh, JUCO. He went on to play at Kent State and played overseas for plenty of years, but we built that connection with him. He helps does some skill training with some of the guys and 
Um, we've met college coaches and we went to college basketball games through him and things of that nature, man. We've met strength and conditioning coaches that work with some of our players to help them improve their game daily. So I think the networking piece is just something very big that we've gotten in uh, different doors that we've helped open with our kids. So the it's, I can I can tell by by your response just how important it uh, it is and 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 you can certainly speak a little bit more on this if you wish is for coaches if they want to work on you know opening doors and, and creating opportunities for their kids coaches themselves have to be working you know twice as hard to be networking and be in communication with others and 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 they can open those doors through their players by the conversations and networking and relationships that they make with, with the coaches and other people in their community as well. Definitely. I didn't, and that's one thing, like I never, it's, it's two or three things that I never knew or expected uh, coming into head coaching. Um, I never, one, I didn't understand. I, I feel like it was funny. It was, this was one of the funnier things to, to me was mm -hmm. that I never understood the time it takes as a head coach to be successful um, if you care, I never understood the time. I'm working tired of like just basketball alone, like practicing games is a 12, 13 hour day on, on top of my work schedule, right? I didn't expect that. I love it, so it's cool. And then just like you said, the 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 overtime and networking and connecting and I until this past summer, maybe I never realized how important that was. Um my my biggest goal was like I said to is is to get kids in school, and I just never I didn't know exactly how I was going to get that done. Hence why I wanted to go before I got to position to go work with a bigger program. And, um, so I can learn this type of thing. So I'm learning on my own and building the network connections. I'm loving it. And I think I'm doing really great at it uh, so far. But yeah, that, that overtime of emailing college coaches, putting yourself out there. Hey, I, I'm an under, radar, under the radar school. People don't know who was going on at University High School in Ferndale, Michigan. Ferndale is already a small enough school. Uh, I mean, Ferndale is a small enough district already in itself and city. Uh, we have a bigger high school that is a top team in the state. Ferndale High School is sending kids off to school as, as of the last five years. They send a Division One player off to school for every single year. So Ooh. I already have to fight through of, hey, no, this isn't Ferndale High. This is University High. I have to put myself out there as a coach and say, hey, coach, I, I have these guys, these kids that that would fit great in your program if you just give come come check them out. Here's their highlight tape. Here's their full video, full game video, um, full game film, um, and, and just give me a call. Let's chop it up. I'll I'll bring it. I'm bringing up the kids. I'm going to games just so kids can meet the coaches. Like, hey, this is the kid I was talking to you about, coach. Nice to meet you. And yeah, man, the the networking part of what coaches have to do to get their kids to where you want them to be or to where you feel they can be is a, a totally different monster and job in itself. And I, I enjoy that part the most, honestly. And and it's and it's kind of a really unique situation that 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 you're kind of in from what it is that you're talking about because as you mentioned, right, to kind of create these opportunities and kind of help help put your kids in those positions, you gotta put your you gotta work to put your program on the map and make sure people know what, what your program is all about and everything because there isn't that reputation of name recognition about your program and so so you're working hard to put put the program on the map so that when these coaches um or these collegiate coaches uh come come knocking they already kind of know your program and know what you're about and you're you're yeah and and kind of has that already built in sort of things so you're kind of kind of opening the doors while also kind of putting your program out there so people know what they're about at the same time definitely that's one of my bigger things right now is trying to put the program on the map uh, that comes with building the program and rebuilding the culture. Like that's because exactly like you said, I want coaches to know when they hear University High School or UHS, they want it. I want them to a know who it is. Like what school is that? Where are you? Okay, all right. I know what that school is. I know uh, Coach Nix is building these type of guys, and this is the type of the kids that come out of there. So yeah, man, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, that's part. awesome. And you and you've talked about um, your your passion for for helping players and helping them kind of see where where basketball can take them, and so. You know, as, I, as I'm, I'm hearing your responses, I, I can definitely tell that there's been a lot of unique opportunities, a lot of real cool things that that you have been able to kind of open up for your players and, and have them see, um, you know, kind of what's out there and everything. And so um, do you have any other other experiences or any stories you could relate to about, you know, where the game can, can take your players or, or where uh, basketball has kind of taken some of your players before? 
Um, so far, I uh, I have a kid now who is going off to the Navy next year. So it's, okay. I, I, I use basketball to help him understand the discipline that it takes, um, the work ethic that it takes to be great in that field and just being great. And like I do that with all my kids. Like basketball is more than basketball. The tools that you learn in sports altogether are tools that you can take and carry on that'll get you through life. Um, putting in that extra time. My biggest thing with my, my, student, my players is that everybody in the state is getting an hour and a half, two hours. Everybody in the country, every player in the country state is getting an hour and a half, two hours of team practice in every day. Everybody. Everybody, every adult is, everyone is is doing that. So you're average at that point. At the worst, you are average. You are equal to everyone else. What time are you putting in outside of basketball, outside of this gym, outside of team practice? What time are you putting in to get better? Because that's what's going to separate you and put you above. That's what's going to make you above average. That's what's going to make you a great player, a great scorer, a great shooter a great rebounder. Um, that's what's going to make you that All-American you want to be, that college-level athlete. And it's the same with life. Everybody goes to their 9 to 5. Everybody works their everyday job, you know? But it's what you do outside of that job, that extra source of income, that that um, that passive income, that fluent income, that fluid income of money, that source of income that that you do above going to your 9 to 5, that, that makes you extra money so that you're not just living a basic average means of life. Or even... If you work a nine to five to get through life, what are you and you your goal is to to start a business? What you have to do extra outside of your nine to five to start that mm -hmm. business. Because you have to you you do your nine to five to fund your everyday life, to take care of yourself and you, if you have a family, your family and pay your bills. But if you did that and came home every day, then when is your business gonna get started? You gotta put that extra time in on your business, that your dreams and your visions. You have to put that extra time in. Um, so that's one thing I, I I'm bigger than just your basketball coach I'm your coach yeah. I'm your life coach like I'm here for you after you graduate I tell my kids I told one of my my kid that said he wants to play overseas I'm saying hey I'm I'm bigger than getting you in college so cool we're gonna get you in college now once you that time is up you do your three four years of school and you'll say hey coach I, I'm ready to go overseas all right let's sit down and talk let's find out what manager or agent will be best for you you know like I'm not just here for basketball let's oh okay I'm done with college coach I, I want to know what's next. That's my job at the school is um, I'm student support. That's my title is the student support coach. So that I meet like with perfect kids. Title. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I meet with kids who are failing classes. And then beyond that, I help kids maneuver through high school, um, time management, prioritizing assignments. Hey, making the phone calls to teachers who uh, kids don't know, have the strength or confidence to say, hey, I need help with or I don't know what assignment is due or, hey, this is my grade in this class. I don't know what assignment to take care of. I, I'll say, all right, one sec, let me call this teacher. Hey, Mr. Hey, Miss Smith, John is failing this class or he has a low grade in this class. What assignments can he get done to take care of this? Just the same thing I would do with basketball. Hey, coach, I have a kid that um, is looking for a school. Do you have a spot? No, but do you have a coach or do you know a coach or somebody that's looking for this type of player? It's all the same process, you know, like, so that's, that's, that's what it is for me. It's just everything you can do the ex taking that extra step to do the extra work is what's going to get you to where you want to be in life. And that's my biggest thing as a coach with them. Like yeah. it, you don't have to play basketball after you want to do this after, after high school, all of my kids, all I would love to say I had 15 kids that want to be pro basketball players. I don't. And I respect that. I 100% respect that. I, I, I just want them to give me everything they got when they are here every day and they want to be the best team that they can be. And they want to be the best player they can be right now. And then everything else we talk about, like I said, I have a kid that that knows, like, Coach, I'm going to the Navy next year. Like, we, he he can be one of the best shooters in the state this year, the best 3 and D guy in the state this year. And anytime we talk about a team camp or a prospect camp, he's like, you yeah, know, that ain't none of my business, Coach. Like, I'm yeah. I'm going to the Navy. Like, yeah, that's yeah. when I – so I prep him, and we have study hall. Coach, can I come in and uh, during study hall, can I, can I study for my ASVAP? 100% because that's what we're working on. I have another kid on my team that loves this game of basketball. Oh, my God, loves the game. Mm -hmm. And um, he started track last year. I'm one of the assistant track coaches. He started track. And the kid is a Division One track athlete. Like, he, his long jump is crazy. Like, he, he was setting records and meeting state numbers. He went to states his first year track. No technique, just long jump. So he comes to me. He's like, wow. Coach, I want to play ball. I want to play ball. But I might not be able to go to study hall because I got to go work out with this track coach. Go, go, because that's your bread. That that's what's gonna 
fuel your future. That's just investing in your future. Go there. I will work the basketball stuff out. You're a part of this family. You'll always be a part of this team. But track is your future. So go invest in that first. I mean, yeah. And, and I think that that's something that, that it's – Important, I think, for coaches, all of us to always keep in mind, I think a lot of great ones doing a lot of ones that I've talked to have definitely been able to do that is just understand that, right? Like for so many of our players, you know, that, that the, the game of basketball is just going to be uh, something that, that for a lot of them, they stop after high school, but they have all these other ventures and all these other things that they're going to do after high school. And, and, and I think one of the, the great opportunities we have as coaches is figuring out, okay, what can we coach our guys or girls and what can we teach them? you know, in and outside of the court that they're going to take with them beyond the game of basketball. And I think that that's the, the, that's the stuff that, that really matters is, is what are we teaching our guys uh, that they're going to be able to use whenever they end up stop playing? Because eventually, even if you do play in college, in that 35, 40, if you make it pro, you're done by 35, 40. You got, got a lot of got the rest of your life going, right? <laughs> you got a lot of life to live, man. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, that that's a hundred percent. Um, you talked about, and and so this got me kind of thinking a little bit about how you know it, to be great and and to achieve greatness and 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 things of that nature. You do got to go uh, above and beyond, and you have to put in more work, and and you have to uh, work to a certain standard and have a certain work ethic in order to uh, achieve those goals. And so I'm I'm curious, kind of on an on the court, kind of like on a practice type situation or in a practice setting, uh, how do you how do you kind of frame your practices or set up your practices to kind of really push your guys and kind of get them in that le next level and making them, you know, put in that extra work that maybe some other programs aren't doing? Um, Everything is competitive at practice. Everything. Mm -hmm. um, we're all about competing at all times. Every I split the team up into two teams, three teams, whatever the case may be. And everything we do is high energy competitive. Um, I like to keep myself very high energy. I'm talking, I'm talking all day. I'm very loud at practice and I'm a very quiet and chill dude on a day-to-day -day basis. But practice I, I, I dig in and I dig deep and I kick everything up energy-wise because we have to stay competing. We have to fuel ourselves to compete so that when we see other opponents, we are ready to compete at all times. Um, it's just the little things of um, – one thing that's actually helped us this year um, is we do a lot more skill work in team practice. Okay. Than, than I've done last year because it gets the most out of my guys. It keeps them engaged. It keeps them locked in. And my biggest thing is that I, when I played ball, I didn't – my senior year, I sat the first uh, half of the season because of my grades and my parents' standard of grades. I didn't do well uh, in the standard of at home, and I knew better. So my, my father sat me uh, for the first semester of my season – I mean, the first half of my season my senior year. But in the midst of that time frame, I was still going to practice. I'm still running suicides. I'm running <laughs> down in backs every day, right? And I feel great. I'm in shape. But my very first game that I, I returned, I was cottonmouth. Like, Coach, I was super cottonmouth and tired, and I never understood why. And what yeah. I realized growing up is that you have to practice. Every drill you do has to be a game rep, Steve. Everything mm -hmm. is game rep. You practice everything at game rep. So what I what we've done as a coaching staff is that we'll go through uh, uh, skill work, individual skill work every day, and we're pushing them to to push everything in game speed. We're pushing them to imagine and visualize the game. I mean, visualize the drill and the workout as if there's somebody defending you, as there's somebody in the game. We break everything down. Of, All right, this is why we're doing this. Even offensively, when I'm going over team uh, – team concept and I'm going yeah. over plays and and um, defensive schemes and things of that nature. I'll, I'll, I'll take the coaching board out in game, in practice, every day. We're not scrimmaging or anything. As we're going over the offense, I'll take the board out and write it up as if I'm on the sideline. And I'll show, hey, this is what we're going to do and this is why we're doing it. Hey, we're going to set this screen here and you're going to set a screen here and he's going to come around because what you're going to see is that def the defender is going to shift this way and this is why. And you can see the, the kids light up and say, oh, Okay, and then we'll get out there and execute, and they're like, okay, coach, yeah, okay, that's going to work. That's going to be good. And I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, so it, it's really just making the game um, – it's bringing the game to them every day at practice. Every day is a game day thing. Like, I, I'm all about – and for the type of players that I have right now, I don't know if this will be how all of my players are in the future or going forward, but the, with the team that I have now – the best thing for them is constantly playing the game of basketball. Because like I said earlier, they don't know basketball. Mm -hmm. 
So they have to continuously play the game of basketball, and we see them improving by playing the game of basketball more. It's it's one of the uh, it's one of the quickest ways probably for them to learn. It sounds like for your guys is to actually you know compete and actually have themselves be put in those situations where they're competing as if it is a game, and then they can kind of figure it out. Oh, what works? This is what doesn't work, and kind of figure out the process of the game kind of on their own through competition. Because I think that definitely sounds like for your guys that's a lot more meaningful than you know you necessarily just just telling them what works or why it works. They got to kind of see it and experience it for themselves. 100. And I and I can't be mad at them because I'm almost the same way sometimes. Yeah, like it, it gets to the point where we literally will. I will, I used to ref, so I would literally have my assistant coaches take two parts of the team to take the team each, and I will ref, and we will like have a game against each other. And oh, really, yeah. How's, like, that, how's that go? I, that sounds like it's, it works out well. Uh, it does. It's hilarious sometimes, but it, it works though. Like it brings out their competitive nature. I've done situations uh, where I've had my team captains coach a team and it, oh, yeah. it's more fun it's fun for them as uh, players um they get to learn each other my captains get to learn my players my players get to learn my captains or they all get to learn each other because they get to see a different side of the game and get to see a different side of understanding their teammates hmm. and so and then they get to see so with me bringing my ref knowledge and my history of refereeing in i get to, i i help them understand like hey you may not have touched him or you may not think that's a foul, but this is what their a ref is going to see and this is what they're going to call. And this is yeah. why they're going to call it because this is you could have stood there and and and, and you you swipe down and but didn't touch him, but since the ref's angle is behind, they're going to see the swipe down and assume that you hit him and that's why he he missed the shot. So they're mm -hmm. going to blow that whistle. Yeah, and and, it, and it, it, like when I tell you it really builds my players understanding of the game, man. And it and it helps. Um, it's almost like a, it's almost like a a three D or like a virtual reality film session. Sometimes, <laughs> like they're already in it, like so they can understand and see the situations. And when I go to film and we watch film and they make those mistakes, I'm like, do you see what we were saying in practice there? And they're like, God, like forget. Do you see what happened in the game, Coach? Y'all did say that at practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we did. It's so funny. I had the I, I literally had this conversation with one of my girls similar to that, like three days ago. And I and we I was as you were telling your whole story, I was just thinking about that same situation. I went to a few of a, a few uh, days ago with one of my girls who um you know we're we're doing a thing in practice and 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 she's she's kind of making this motion, slapping down on the ball, and 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 she gets it. But I told her, I said, in a game, if you slap down like that, you know, chances are you're going to get called for a foul because they're just going to see you come coming down and they're going to assume that you hit your arm. And they're like, coach, coach, I didn't hit her arm. I'm like, I know, but I'm just telling you, if, if you want to want to do that, you got to hit the ball up. You got to come from under and slap upwards. And yeah. and that's a lot different. And sure enough, in a game, she she hits it. And I'm pretty sure it's all ball, but she came down. I was like, I told you, it's going to look like you hit their arm. Oh, and listen, <laughs> she's like, ah, okay. Yeah. So that's that's just that's just so funny how how that kind of works out. But but again, I, I think that when when you just have that, like you you kind of talked about though, though that experience kind of happen, and then they see it, and then not only did they know you told them, but now they saw it as well. It's like okay, that'll probably stick with them, hopefully for the rest of the time. Now that they had to just go through that once. Yeah, definitely. At least I hope Sometimes. so. <laughs> you know, they're kids, man. They're, they're, kids, they're kids, but but at least they'll know that you told them, right? They'll be like, but. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it can never be a situation of I didn't know. No, you always knew. You just didn't listen. Uh -huh. How do you uh, how do you work on and and continue to build kind of the an energy uh, or excuse me a culture that's filled with high energy and positivity with this current group of guys that you have, so that their basketball experience is a great one for them, regardless of whatever their future may hold. Talk a little bit about what, what builds that, that positive and energetic culture. So one thing I've learned, not like, not only from experience, but like I said, I'm in contact with a lot of high, I, I have a relationship and connection with a lot of high level basketball players. And um, one thing that I did learn and experience and know through their experiences as well is that a lot of them, and if, if the more time you put into this game of basketball, we all go through this period of where, the game isn't fun for us anymore. At some point, something happens where the game is no longer fun. Um, it gets really hard for you. It gets mentally draining at some point for most of us, right? Sometimes it's because of, in my case, it's because of a coach that I had. Um, in some people's cases, it's just the work that you put in for so long and it's not paying off. 
um, things, whatever the reason may be. So for me, a big thing was that I want this game to be fun no matter what. Mm. Like, like every game we have is fun. Have have fun no matter what the situation is. We are not going to win a game if you didn't have fun. Like, it's not fun to sit there and get hammered and beat, right? It's fun to win games, right? But if you're not having fun in those moments, we're not doing this right. Like, we're, we're not doing it right. I don't want you to say we won the game, but I I damn near don't want to play anymore. Like, no, I don't I don't want that to be your mindset. I don't, oh, we yeah. were undefeated, but I don't like this game anymore. Like, no, 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 no. But no, I'm miserable. Not, yeah, it's, yeah. Not about, it's not about that at all. Like, never. That's never the case. So, we do a lot of, um, like, even last week, uh, our first game was Monday. So, the Friday, before this past Friday, we started off practice, thanks to my, my assistant coach, we did a JV versus varsity rap battle to start practice. Like, let's just have some fun. Let's 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 take your brain off basketball. Let's build culture between teams. JV is super new. There is I have eight freshmen on JV. You guys are super new to each other. Um, let's build some camaraderie. Let's build some togetherness. And we had a rap battle. <laughs> I put a, a instrumental up over the uh over the gym. We gave them five minutes. We gave each team a topic. And we let them have a rap battle. And I'm so happy I record every practice because that is pure comedic gold. Every oh, day. no, I'm sure. Um, we do things like um, sometimes we do um, half-court contests to start off practice. Um, we just did uh, that same day, that Friday, uh, we had our pep rally. We haven't done a pep rally for sports in years, literally since I was in high school. So. We did a pep rally for the basketball team where they got to do a little light scrimmage against each other. We did a three-point contest. We did a, a half-court shooting contest. And uh, another thing that just builds that positive, uh, energetic environment is, hey, us coaches are getting there and compete with you guys. So my assistant coach got in on a half-court contest. <laughs> it was him versus uh, our best shooter in the in the championship of that contest. And our best shooter ended up winning. But, like, <laughs> it, it builds that camaraderie of, we did a shooting relay, so like you'll see that like a lot of professional games where, or even college games where you got a team of three or four. One player has to make the layup. The next player has to uh, participant has to make a free throw. The next one makes a three point shot, and the last one has to hit half court shot. We have to hit one before the next player shoots their shot, and you have to hit the half court shot to win. So whichever team hits first is the winner. We did that. We had a whole coaches team. Me, my assistant coach. Um, I actually had one of my players and then the girls' head coach, and we did that, and we won. Just to build that camaraderie and just those relationships and have fun. And this is in front of the whole school. So, like, we're we're not going to just put you guys out there, too. Like, I know it's nerve-wracking to get in front of your friends and your classmates and perform at any level. Yeah, sure. Um, so we're, we're going to step into the, your shoes, too. We'll compete. We'll make a fool of ourselves if we have to. We'll have fun with you guys because we all are one. You know, like, I, we, we can have fun with you guys. We don't want you – and for me, I'm big on an open door. Um, I have an open door policy. So, and I want my players to be feel comfortable coming to me, talking to me, and expressing to me. We talk about me and my guys talk about everything. It's times that we just sit in my office during the school day, and they just need to come talk. Hey, coach, this is what's going on in life. This is what happened. Rather, it's good, bad, happy, mm -hmm. sad. We talk about everything, but it's stuff that we can sit and build upon, so that when we're in study hall after we get done doing homework, we can sit back and we laugh and just and and just giggle and laugh with each other and crack jokes on each other for 30 minutes and just build that camaraderie. So it leads into us having great energy going into practice. And and, and yeah. it's also me just being honest and keeping everything real with them. Aside from being open door, we just keep everything really honest and open, humble, open and transparent. Honestly, just I like keeping that. That's my, my thing is being hot, keeping everything humble, <laughs> open, and transparent. I got that from Pastor Mike Todd. I, um, I like that. That's a good one. Just humble, open, and transparent. So everything is just – honesty transparency like yo this is what you're doing wrong and hey you messed up we're gonna make a joke out of it but get better like it's mm -hmm. not cool we're gonna make fun of you but get better and they they accept that and they keep on pushing because my yeah. biggest thing i tell everybody when they step into when they become a part of this team is that you're gonna mess up you're gonna yeah. turn the ball you're going to foul you're going to miss shots you might miss a layup and it's going to happen but how do you respond to it I don't care about you messing up. I don't care. I care about how you respond to messing up. And I think that lays down a layer of stress for them to make them feel like they don't have to always be perfect. And that that keeps them 
positive, that keeps them level-headed, and that allows them to have that freedom to be themselves at all times. No, that that I think that for a lot of coaches, that's a really good thing to always kind of keep in mind is those, those basketball mistakes are going to happen, right? Turnovers happen, bad shots happen, everything like that. But it's kind of that that mental side is what what is that mental side going to be after that happens? Like, are you gonna are you gonna as a player? Are you going to stay positive? Are you going to stay focused? Are you going to have the attitude of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go get it next time? And then at the same time, as a coach, are you building that environment and building that mentality in your players where, like, you're encouraging them to make mistakes? You want them to make mistakes and you want them to be, you know, mentally tough and mentally resilient where they still feel confident and they still feel like they're sure. motivated to, you know, do just as well the next time they have an opportunity and not let that, like, mistake define them, so to speak. Yeah, literally, I think it's to the point literally where, um, there there are players like it gets to the point with that when we have conversations, me and my assistant coach, when we're quote unquote or cutting into the team or chewing the team out, it's literally we we find ourselves saying, "What have we told any of you in here not to do?" And they all just look, and it's like we haven't told anybody, "Don't do this, don't do that, don't no go do it, be you, don't do anything we've never seen you work on." But as far as like be do whatever you want to do on that floor do it if you really feel like you can do this and you work on this every day in practice go do it and that I think that that just opens up so much I want everybody to be the best version of themselves on the floor and I mm. think that opens up the opportunity like I can't tell you a single player on my team who I, I I I've told or who we've told you aren't allowed to shoot the ball like take your shot shoot your shot like yeah. shoot like, shoot your shot. Hey, you see a pass and you know you can make that pass? Make that pass. Hey, you know you can outrun this man and you can guard this man? I'm not going to sit here and say, don't guard him. You come in and say, coach, I got him. I'm going to lock him up. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Thank you. I need somebody to step up to the plate. Do it. Like, it's 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 hilarious. Like, that is always the topic of our, our bad sessions is who have we told not to do something? Like, nobody. And they all just look at each other like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, don't look around for somebody else like, hey, like if you think if you do it. And I think that that's that's something something that, that that's also kind of important to, to remember as coaches is think about all the time that we, you know, put into, you know, certain drills or certain skill work that we have our, our, our guys and girls do. And if we're, you know, dedicating so much time on, you know, shooting, for example, hopefully as coaches, that means that we have put all of this time in our practice to work on, you know, shooting, for example, that we're also giving our guys and girls the confidence that, hey, we've put all this time in practice. When you get out there in a the game, you better be shooting because otherwise why we've been putting all this time into it for. Literally, like mm -hmm. seriously, man, like that. You will hear me on the sideline yell at a kid for not doing something that we've worked on before anything else. Like yeah. I, I might pull a kid out the game for not doing something we've worked on. Before anything else, like, yeah, like, like, don't, don't get on the gun all week and shoot, and then get the ball wide open and pass it. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. We, why? We worked on this. This is what you do. I have a kid that's probably one of the most athletic six foot kids you will see. And anytime he, I literally pulled him out the game the first game of the season because he dribbled. He's dunked on our six six big two or three times in practice this off season alone, this fall alone. We're talking in the last month and a half, not even this mm -hmm. far. This, and he goes down and sees one small guard 10 feet ahead of him and slows down. I was like, oh, no, we got to get him out the game because he doesn't want to be himself today. <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah. Not because he took off and he – like it's because he simply slowed down. I think he missed a shot. But it wasn't because he missed a shot. It's because he, he second-guessed himself and didn't attack the rim aggressively and I've yep. seen him time and time again. Like, yep. why are you not going to be yourself right now? <laughs> yeah because like you know you're trying I'm, I'm trying to coach you as a player and if you're not going to act like you as a player then you're acting like somebody else and I don't want that person on the court I uh, don't I want you yeah no, I want that, you to be out there that's no that that's great um before we hit our concluding segment I wanted to, I wanted to uh, give ask you something and and I'm, I'm sure some people listening are, are kind of curious about this. If you had to give advice to maybe a newer coach or a younger coach who's like, man, you know, I, I just heard this interview and, and, and Coach Nick is talking about all these, you know, opportunities and, and all these people that he's met and everything. And like, I don't even know where to start with networking and how to like reach out to all these people. I, I want to ask you about, you know, if you were to tell somebody about where to start, where to get where to get going on like networking and, and, and meeting people and, and kind of opening those doors, 
what, what would you tell them? What, what would be the best advice you can give on, on getting started on that, that networking piece? Patience is a virtue. Like, I know it's a saying that we all possibly, we all probably all see in life, mm-hmm. but patience is truly a virtue. Like I, I, when it comes to recruiting and coaching and getting coaches, college interest and getting kids in school, I, I've yet to have officially get gotten a kid to commit to a school yet. This is only my second season. We're in the midst of, but I started emailing in right after the season in March. I started sending out emails and I was not, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be lying if I said, sat here and said I was getting calls and everything out the door. Like this is off their junior season highlights. I'm like, oh man, these are good highlights. I made sure I checked the highlights. I made one of the kids highlight tapes myself. Um, and I, I wasn't receiving emails back. I wasn't receiving calls um, or anything from coaches. And some of them that I did, I, I had one coach super interested. He called. We talked. He wanted to meet with the boys over the phone and everything. He wanted to offer them. And I'm like, and when we were all on the phone in my office, he was like, you guys will be great for us next year, this, that, and third. I was like, oh, coach, coach, they're juniors. And he was like, oh. All right, well, maybe we'll talk next year. They'll probably even be, you know, better next year. So I'm like, yeah, of course. But so that offer that we thought we had was just like too sped up. And then I, I all I did was I went through the summer. We worked, we worked hard. Uh, around August of this year, I sent out the exact same film to all the same coaches, mm-hmm. all the same coaches, and would call, email after email started falling in. Coach started texting. Coach after coach started texting and yeah. texting. Uh, my Twitter DM started. I got on Twitter. I made my coaching Twitter last year. I got on Twitter. <coughs> Sorry. Posted those highlights on Twitter. Sent them off to college coaches that I follow on Twitter. Sent them off to them. Got response on top of response. Hey, coach, what's your schedule this year? What's your practice schedule? You got to open gyms. Like, so it's just the patience. And with patience, be consistent. Be consistent with it. Don't give up. Believe in your, your boys. Believe in your players. Believe in yourself as a coach. That if you have a goal and you believe in those kids and you believe that they can be what you want them to be or see that you see a goal for them that they can achieve, continue to push it, continue to push it because they may lose hope. But if you lose hope with them, then the dream is dead. Yeah. You got to be the one. Yeah. You got to be the hope. Right. Sometimes you have to be wrong. So just be patient and be consistent, patience and consistency all around. I, I like that a lot. I mean, you got to, it's, it's, it's like a full-time job, I think, to, to be out there. If you want to push those opportunities out for your guys or your girls, you got to be, you got to be on it because it's, you know, those, those college coaches, they, uh, they're busy people and you got to really fight and you got to be, be persistent. You got to send those follow-up emails, those follow-up calls, and, and, and you gotta, you got, you gotta want it and you got to advocate them. So I, I like, I like that though. Like be your hope. I think, I think a lot of your guys look at you as like, okay, like, you know, the, the, the my coaches, you know, g- going to be a rock that I can kind of rely on, try to try to get through all this uncertainty and all the stuff that I'm unsure of. Like my coach is there to kind of, kind of wade through all that and kind of, you know, you know, help me guide me on the right path through that sort of thing. Literally. I had a coach I actually emailed me, text me Friday that I contacted and sent film to a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Like just, it's just patience, man. Yeah. Just keep hope alive and be their hope. Like I said, Love that. Coach, to wrap up, there's a couple questions I ask every guest, so I'll go ahead and get started here on this first one. Um, thinking back on your coaching career, what is a moment from your coaching career that you think others listening would be able to learn from? Um, honestly, right now, I, I, I'm honestly learning right now. The proof is in the process. Um, we're in year two. Season has just begun. Um, we had a very rocky fall league. Uh, we started off the summer great. We played three of the top teams in the state in the, to start the summer off, and we competed. We won a couple, lost a few, but we competed, and I was like, wow, we look like a great team going into this summer. Um, that was early June. July was okay. It's, uh, participation in attendance got rocky, got spotty. Um, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um Energy was low. Mm-hmm. Um, coming into September, fall league was to me very bad. Um, fall league was a it hurt confidence for me as a coach and my coaching staff. I believe it hurt confidence of some of our players. We didn't perform. We looked like the same team we started off as last year, which is last year we were our first year team. So that was very heart wrenching and 
that that tore down a lot of confidence. And then um, coming out of fall league and really going into, I call it grind season. I call that time period between fall league and uh, regular season start the grind season because we got to lock in. We know had our fall league. We see where we need to grow from. We have this small period of time to grow and improve. Um, and through grind season, we start to slowly see us get back to where we needed to be. And here we are going into game three, this three and four this week. And even just coming off games one and two, we look 10 times better than we did last year. Mm. Um, I have guys that I just played Friday. I played one, two, three, four guys that barely saw the floor last season. And they oh, played wow. amazing basketball. One guy had gave us 15 and eight. And we're talking about a kid that hasn't scored over more than four points in high school basketball at all. Um, <laughs> so it's just a process. And that was one of the guys that was there every day this summer, every day. It's, it's the pro the progress and the process of working every day. It's finally showing. Um, I, all I kept saying during the game, as he, every time he scored the ball, I kept walking to my assistant coach at the end of the bench and saying, that's the summer's of work. That's what the summer's showing right now. We even had the coach that we played against Friday. We were, uh, you know, Pierre Brooks, that plays for Michigan State. His dad okay. is a big mm -hmm. coach. His dad is dad is uh, one of the best best coaches in the state. We played his team on Friday, and uh, my assistant coach has a really good relationship with him. He saw him yesterday. He asked like, "Hey, who was that that number thirty two kid? Is he a transfer?" And he was like, "No, we had him last year." He said, "That's BS, man." He said, "No, that's the summer of work." He, he went through a transformation though. <laughs> yeah, that's all it was. He didn't transfer. He did. He transformed. I like that. He went through a transformation. <laughs> like that was nothing but just an off season of work. So just the that that's the story right now. I'm literally seeing the. The the uh, seed that we sow, I'm re I'm seeing the harvest of the seed that we sowed this summer in this offseason. I'm starting to see it now, and I think that um, just to kind of just kind of add a little bit to that, I think when we we got to always keep in mind as as coaches is that it is a process, and that the, the, those bumps are going to be there along the road, like you mentioned about with like fall league, and there may be some dips and some valleys along the way. But if you kind of zoom out and kind of look long term through you know, some of those peaks and valleys, you see the progression of getting where you want. And and so I think just kind of to put a little little, little like bow on that is, you know, kind of stay in the course, right? And and, and believing in what you're doing and knowing that, you know, there may be a little dip, there's a little bump. You're work, we're working with teenagers, you know, young men and women at the end of the day. So it's not yep. going to be always a smooth ride, but that long-term, you know, big picture growth, uh, I think will be there for coaches who got a vision and they stick with it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Coach, to wrap up, I give every guest what I kind of call 60-second soapbox, but don't worry if you go longer. I'm not timing you at all, but it's your platform to kind of get out kind of a final message, kind of a final thought, just kind of some closing idea that you want to leave the listeners with. You can kind of take it in any direction that you want, kind of a free flow open forum for you. So I'm just going to kind of give you the floor, Coach, and I'm just going to go and let you take it from here. Um. Honestly, just like I said, and even what you just said, just stick to your process, everybody. Players, coaches, parents, stick to your process. Stick to the growth. Follow your dreams. Don't let anybody deter you. Don't let the circumstances deter you. Stay the course of it every day. I promise the grind will pay off. The grind will always pay off. The grind does not go unnoticed. You don't have to grind for everybody to see it. You don't have to put everything, every highlight of your workouts on social media, but the grind, because it's going to show in itself every day. It's going to show. I have a kid that is a junior that's playing phenomenal basketball. Um, and what I what I found out the other day is my kids was like, yeah, after he leaves practice, he, pulled, he he's at another gym. And I never knew that. Like, I never I never <laughs> knew he was leaving practice and going to another gym. But his game shows. His body shows. He looks bigger. He looks physically more in shape and stronger. And he's playing 10 times better than he did last year. And it's just he's been going to it. Apparently his dad works at a gym, so he, he's going to that gym and working out and improving his game every day he leaves practice. He's never said anything to me. He's never asked me for a ride. He never told me that's what he's done. I had to find out from his teammates, so they see it. So just continue to work, and the grind will never fail you. And then anybody from Michigan that is a part of the MHSAA, please let's get a shot clock in Michigan. I think Michigan basketball needs a shot clock. We need that here in Michigan. I think our athletes are suffering on the next level because we lack that that uh, that shot clock knowledge and know how to play the game with a clock. Um, so, man, anybody from MHSA, if you guys listen to this, can we please work on getting that somehow?
and I'll, I'll sign that. Any coach who's going to tell me about shot clocks and wanting them, I'm in. I'm I'm co-signing it as well. We we got to get I, them around everywhere. I support that, man. I support. Uh, I love that, Coach Nix, man. Thank you so much for joining us, talking about um all all the great stuff you guys got going on. I think University High School out there in Michigan is going to be co- be coming on the map, uh, real real soon. Going to be a, be a, be a household name across the state for sure. So thank you for talking about the opportunities you create for your players, kind of the, some of the stories you shared about the the cool stuff that you and your guys are are doing and and the culture um that you guys got going on there. Best of luck for the rest of the season, Coach. It, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and best of luck to you and your girls, too, this season, man. I, I Thank you for the platform. Keep doing what you're doing. I support you. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast, and we'll see you guys next. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.